ball control. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new edition of Ball Control. This is Corey DLG, and with me as always is little brother Nico. Hey, hey. And we're hanging out in Conroe. We are hearing us on 104.5 or 106.1. Someone told me they're sister stations. Someone told someone, me. Someone said that one time. Somebody once told me. Uh, we're also streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. And, of course, shout out to our sponsors, RNA Sports. Uh, we're going to get into more of them later. They're kind of like a central focus of today's episode. They really are. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, what's up, buddy? Uh, not much. What's going on with you? No, not a lot. Not a lot. Uh, Rockets keep losing. Um, Such a great story. Woohoo. Yeah, the Rockets Exciting. keep losing. The, the NFL is getting dramatic. Ooh. And, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much all we got time for today because we got two special interviews we're going to put into the show today. Oh, my gosh. We, uh, we interviewed some legends. Absolute legends. Some legends. We interviewed former Dallas Cowboy, three-time Super Bowl champ, Kevin Smith. That's a lot of Super Bowls. That is a lot of Super Bowls. Also, he's a former Aggie, so he just wants you. He wants me to make sure you know that he is a Texan through and through. Texan at heart, and will always will be. I think it's cool. There's not a lot of players I feel like get to like be in their home state their whole the career. Whole, no, I, that is a really hard thing to do. Now, Texas is one of those places that is so in love with football. It's probably a little bit easier if you're from Texas to stay in Texas. Right. Um, but being like. He went to high school in Texas, college in Texas, Texas and, and, fo- and pro. Right. right. That's no, that awesome. is a cool thing. That is a really cool thing. Um, so that being said, we also have a, a great interview from Texas Oiler, Haywood Jeffries. That was exciting. That was good stuff. We had a lot of fun with that. So all of that being said, we got a busy show for you. Um, so we'll go ahead and jump into telling you about our friends RNA Sports. They are at 3501 North Frazier. And while you did miss the Black Friday weekend, which had numerous signings, including Kevin Smith and Haywood Jeffries. It's true. And we were there, too. So, you know, if you didn't say hi to us then, you missed us. Uh, Vince Young will be there December 2nd. That's cool. That's exciting. December 8th is Rudy Tomjanovich. That's a big one, too. And I, there's some special guests. I'm not sure if he's announced him yet, so I don't want to I don't want to be the one to spoil it. But there's some big things going on with that. And then on top of that, the next day... There are some guys from the Sandlot who are there uh, who are going to be doing some signings. He's got a special guest with that. So it's an exciting thing. Lots going on. That being said, let's jump into the NFL right here. We're going we're gonna to do the NFL here. All right. Okay. Um, it's, it's getting a little dramatic. What do, what do you mean by that? It's getting a little, like... It's getting a little bit wild. It's getting a little... Well, this season has been like all kinds of ups and downs for everyone. Really. Right, there's been a lot of teams who are kind of in the middle, but that's we're gonna, we're gonna talk about the standings right now, and then we're gonna get into a couple of other things. So, everyone's very middled. Like everything's very middled. The Texans are eight and three. They're only two or three games up in their division. There's everyone's just kind of bunched up at like this five and five, six and five. You know, like s- super seven. middle of the ground. It really is. Like everyone's. Very middle of the road, and it's sort of obnoxious because it could go any way. It could go any way at all. Right. Um, so that being said, it's sort of a weird thing to watch because, like, uh, all right, I'm a Texans fan, so I am not a Dallas Cowboys fan. I'm not. Right. And it drives me crazy that they're having such a bad season, but they're still uh, tied for lead in the division. That's insane. Because the Washington Redskins can't get their stuff together. The Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles are on a Super Bowl hangover, and the Giants are probably one of the worst franchises this year. 
Yeah, they really are. This they're is, having a bad year. They're uh, having a shout out to Alex year. Middleton of 94.5 The Buzz. Uh, he's he's a buddy of the show, buddy of the of the crew. And sad to say that the Giants, uh, they're not having a good year. He's a big mm. Giants fan. Mm. Painful. Painful for him. That, that really is painful, considering that this is a team that's won the Super Bowl. Right. And not even that long ago. Right. Yeah, they're, they're a few years removed from a Super Bowl, but then just more than that, they they have good play. Odell Beckham, Eli Manning, Saquon Barkley, like, they have people in the positions where you're like you got to have good players, right? They they I I think it's too, I think it's poor coaching, and then it's also their offensive line is probably the worst in the NFL. Yeah, I think that's a very it's a, it's an integral part that not a lot of people pay attention to, right? And then defensively, they just they don't they don't get off the field. If you don't stop people on third down, your defense is out there for long drives. They get tired by the end of the game. They're exhausted, and you. In the end of the game is when you need that stop. Like, okay, right, yeah. we've kept it close. It's, it's a three-point game. If we get the ball back, we might win. Oh, they went down the field and scored again. Now it's ten points again. Right. So it's a tough thing to deal with there. All that being said, uh, it's also dramatic in a couple different ways. So the Browns fired their head coach. Whoa. Hugh Jackson, Hugh Jackson a little while back. And Hugh Jackson, uh, well, he wasn't very good as a coach. Um, Fair enough. I think he was like, I think it was something along the lines of like six wins over three seasons. It wasn't good. <laughs> one it's season pretty, he went pretty win- bad. One season he went absolutely winless, which is a, tra- a Greek tragedy. So he lost sixteen games in a row for sure. And then coming into this year, I think they tied the opener, and everyone was teasing him that like, "Hey, you're ahead." Blah blah blah. You did it. <laughs> you're not as bad as last year already, which is embarrassing. But it was true. Well, I mean, that's what happens when you lose sixteen games, right? Um, so now that he's been fired, though, Baker Mayfield, the number one overall pick at quarterback, who's been a Brown for all of 11 weeks. Um, that's not true. I mean, preseason. All that right. Stuff, yeah. But a lot of extra stuff. But right. no one really cares about that. It's not real football. Right. And um, he's now taking a call on him fake. How? He won't go into details. But he didn't shake. He they shook hands at the, on the field because Hugh Jackson now works for Cincinnati, who they just played, which Makes is a sense. division rival, also a state rival. Something I didn't really think about when they when they were talking about Baker Mayfield was like he literally stayed in Ohio. And you're like, oh yeah, I yeah. guess that makes sense. Yeah, he did. He kind of did, didn't he? Um, and <laughs> they still see him around town. Like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's you. They bump into each other at the Walmart. Right. That's right, Ohio. The Walmart. Singular. One in the whole state. That's right. Um, but no, so Baker Probably Mayfield, at least two. I doubt it. Uh, so Baker Mayfield is shaking and shook his hand, but like he went in for the hug. The coach like wrapped an arm around mid handshake and Baker Mayfield stayed stiff and out. No hug. I mean, no I hug. I don't blame him. Uh, and then at the press conference, he was kind of asked about like his attitude towards coach. Some people were like, Hey, it seemed like a little, little bit of slight tension there. And he was like, um, well, there's some things that are just like, I don't want to do that. Well, yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like Baker Mayfield was like, I don't, I don't have anything to do with this guy. I don't want anything to do with this guy. I don't really have anything nice to say. He's kind of a whatever, whatever, and I'm not into it. And so, um, that was kind of where he left it. I'm not into it. And he's like, um, you know, he calls someone fake for that. Then he calls him. He essentially calls him fake and says that you know he left. He left there. Took another disingenuous. He he basically took another job. Uh, but he won't go into details. I sort of feel like. What's going on here is essentially Baker Mayfield is a guy who likes to kind of pin an angry face on the wall that he can kind of focus and like that drives him. I have to show this guy. Right. Um, and there was some disagreement about how to handle the team between the offensive coordinator and the head coach. 
So I feel like he might have enjoyed his offensive coordinator and might be disappointed that they both were fired instead of just one or the other. Eh. Um, and so all that being said, now he kind of blames the coach for, for what's going on. Um, the other thing that's going on in the league that everyone's kind of commenting on, and it's kind of a huge pain in the butt and it's a big deal, is um, first round draft pick, Ruben Foster. Okay. Okay. Um, this is he's been arrested now. He's been accused now twice in 2018 for domestic assault. All right, pretty big deal. Pretty big deal. The 49ers went ahead and uh, released him. Makes sense. Reasonable. This, their first round pick from last year, though, and that's a big deal. Yeah, but I mean, twice in one year. Uh, his his reasoning, John Lynch, the general manager. His reasoning was essentially, um, look, I, I don't uh, – he, he said he has to protect the football team, and Reuben Foster didn't protect the team, so it's John Lynch's job to step up and protect the team for him. Hmm. Which, uh, I'm not going to argue that. That's not unreasonable. Right. Um, I would like him to have said better things, things like we don't tolerate that sort of behavior, thing, right. things like that is inappropriate behavior. Things like we don't accept, uh, we don't accept, you know, wife beaters on our team. Right. Not what he said though. Something along the lines of uh, "Don't do that, please," and we won't want you back on our team. Right. Right. No. Not what he said though. Not what he said was, "I need to protect the team," and he didn't protect the team. Right. Which is uh, disappointing. Um. Here's where it gets worse. All right. Washington Redskins then picked him up. The only team in the league to, to, to put a claim in, Washington Redskins. No other team in the league was even interested. Um, that's where someone loses me. Why on earth would you want a wife beater on your team? Yeah. Just Not a wife beater, a girl, a woman beater. Why would you want someone who's already dealing with the second issue of domestic violence in one year? Right. This is actually absurd. It, it It's just way more bad press for a team... That's already not doing that well. <laughs> They're not. They can't secure. All they have to do is win one of these stupid games, and they and they lock in first place. They can't do it every week, over and over and over and over and over. Every week, over and over and over. They're like, hey, everyone else in the division lost. If they win, they're in first place by themselves, and they keep losing, and they keep losing, and they keep losing, and they get nowhere fast. And then you know, Adrian Peterson last week had the comments about uh, he still disciplines his child, even though he was accused of child abuse and was suspended an entire season. Uh, and now they went ahead and re- just reached into the bottom of the barrel and said, hey, here's here's a guy who beats women. Right, yeah. Um, I would like for them to do – I would like for some – the NFL stepped in, and after Washington claimed him, they put him on the commissioner's exempt list, which means he's not eligible to play right now. He can go to the facility, he can practice with the team, but he's not eligible to play. Um, I would like for them to have done that first. I would like for them to I would wish the NFL would have announced maybe even before San Francisco did anything that this guy's not going to be doing anything. Well, I think you shouldn't even have to. I think it should have been just out of respect you should be like, "Yeah, we want him cuz we're going to claim him." Like I don't know, it just seems like a weird like, "Yeah, right. that's what we're going to do." Let's let's bring in this guy. Right. Now, granted, it's a first-round talent and and on that end, the football aspect, I understand that concept, but that's a that's a stupid thing to do. 
that is a stupid thing to do. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't think it, it doesn't speak well of your team, and they're already sort of like the most deaf team. Right. They're tone deaf is the t- is the is the word that really you should use because for years they've been in trouble for the Redskins thing. Right. Yeah. They that's, can't. That's they can't get, they can't get <laughs> right. away from that. Not going anywhere fast. Right. We'll, we're going to say the Washington Redskins. Not only are we going to say the Washington Redskins. We're going to say we're going to say the Redskins. We're going to bring a guy who beats women onto our team. Right. We're going to keep a guy who we're not even going to discipline a guy who uh, admits to beating, beating children again, and then we're also going to bring on a man who beats women. They're just uh, like, what is this? The team with no morals? Like, what is this? This is the 1990, like, Oakland Raiders, where it was just win, baby, win. Now, it was the 80s. Uh, just win, baby, win. That's what Al Davis used to say. He didn't care. And they, they started to have a reputation, like, no rules, no curfews. Uh, this team, as long as you won on Sunday, you can do whatever you want Monday through Saturday. And John Madden was the coach of those teams. They won a Super Bowl. But just win was kind of the motto. Well, now it's not how the NFL works. It's not how so, it's not the world anymore. Right. Social media exists. We live in a new era, and we've, someone we've we've changed as a society. <laughs> someone has to tell the Washington Redskins that, that this is real dumb. Right. This is real, real dumb. This is real silly. Uh, we're gonna jump out of here, and when we come back, we have a really cool interview with Kevin Smith of Dallas Cowboys fame. And, uh, yeah, we, a little bit later, we also got one from Haywood Jeffries. So stay tuned. We got more ball control coming your way. Ball control. Hey, Haywood Jeffries, former Houston Oilers wide receiver on ball control. Ball control. Welcome back to Ball Control. This is Corey DLG, and with me as always is little brother Nico. Hey, hey. And uh, right here, this is going to be uh, an interview with Kevin Smith, formerly of the Dallas Cowboys. And this is uh, this was at RNA Sports on Black Friday. And big shout-out and thank you to RNA Sports for having us there and having those guys there. Uh, so anyway, Kevin Smith at RNA Sports with Ball Control. All right, Conroe, this is Corey DLG with little brother Nico, and we are right here in Conroe hanging out with our sponsors, RNA Sports. And we got some special guests here today, so you're going to be hearing right now from Kevin Smith of the Dallas Cowboys and Texas A&M history. Uh, a legend, right? Well, I don't I'm, know about that. I mean, yeah. I'm allowed to say that, right? Yeah, yeah. well, you can say that. Okay, yeah. all right, I'll say it then. Yeah. I mean, because, all right, so I'll be honest. It's a few I, plaques I, on the wall. There yeah. should be. There should be right. more than a few. I had to right. do some research here because I didn't – I wasn't a Dallas Cowboy fan growing up. Mm-hmm. So Rich's like, man, I got a Dallas Cowboy coming. I was like, wow. Right. I mean, but then I look, your rookie year, you win the Super Bowl. Right. So basically you're done, right? Well. Do you have to that, talk yourself that, out of retiring it, after the rookie it year? Was so or easy. It was so easy. <laughs> uh, I actually came in with Darren Woodson. Uh, we were in the same draft. Uh, Jimmy Smith played for Jacksonville later on in his career. I remember Jimmy, yeah. Yeah, we were in the same draft. And so the first two years we win the Super Bowl, we actually go to the third year, we go to one or two plays away from actually going to the third Super Bowl. You know, Dion grabs Mike, and you know that's still a <laughs> arguable call. But uh, but he came over and he made it up to you guys, right? Well, he did the next year. <laughs> yeah, we, and Jerry made made sure that, but we paid him pretty well. But that's right. You know, we just thought it was just you know we were supposed to go to the Super Bowl every year, and uh, we didn't realize how how hard it was and how tough. You know, we were like the tail end of that Herschel Walker trade. So right. The Herschel Walker trade is what really changed the Dallas Cowboys. I was, I, that was going to be my next question. Were well, you one of the Herschel Walker draft picks well, or no? Actually, I was. You know, that 90, uh, actually the 93 class with Kevin Williams and uh, 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 
it, my mind went blank, but uh, Smith, uh, linebacker that we brought in from mm-hmm, Miami, mm-hmm. Uh, Darren Smith. We there brought, you go. Th- those two guys were the last two guys of that trade, but it, you know, the trade, Alvin Harper was in that trade, mm-hmm. Russell Maryland. And, you know, and Emmett, right? I- Emmett was the first part of that trade. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Larry Brown was in that trade. Of course, Dan Wilson, we mentioned him. God, you just want to brag? Like, every well, time you just talk about, like, well, you we guys had so ran, much. Yeah. We had a first round. We had two first, two second, two third, two fourth. I mean, so you, what Jimmy was doing, he was picking a guy he wanted. Then he could <laughs> take – see, Darren Woodson really was a, a tweener guy. A lot of people don't know that. He wasn't a safety in college, and he wasn't a linebacker. He was kind of caught in between. So, the Cowboys picked Jimmy Smith because they wanted to get a receiver, you know, in the slot. Right. Know, and, 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 and replace um, uh, Kelvin Martin. And we got Jimmy Smith. Well, the pick after that, who they picked? They picked the guy that they could take the gamble on. Which because because they, they had, had the excess pick. picks. They had extra that picks. It that's was a Dan, really good way to put that. You got Darren Woodson. So here now you you know you got a Pro Bowl guy with a guy with a pick that you know you didn't really know what he was until you really you got him in training. That's called playing with house money. You go. That's what money. that's called. That's, that's that. what that's what it was, man. <laughs> yeah. That's really incredible because you're right. I didn't realize, and that's a really good way to frame that. So mm-hmm. when you get this riches of picks out of the trade. You can then go, okay, well, I'm picking twice in the first round. Right. So let me get the guy I know well, I need. They drafted me. Then they came back and got a linebacker in Robert Jones. That was two in the first. Second round was Jimmy Smith and Darren Woodson. Then we went third round. We got a big lineman named James Brown. Guess what? He didn't make it with the Cowboys, but he played 12 years in the league. Did he really? Yeah. I mean, we got a guy named Ron Stone out of the, that, that draft as well. So we, a lot of guys that never really played for the Cowboys, but they were quality players because they were drafted so high. That's so interesting. Like, But you guys had so many good players at that point. I can almost conceivably see where you're saying, like, oh, well, this guy can't crack it. Right. He's gone. Well, well we, we only keep 53 guys. Yeah. So, yeah but but from, from the first guy to the bottom of the roster, that's how good we were. You y'all know, the y'all were stacked. were pretty good, yeah. That, that reminds me of that, uh, that Pittsburgh era in the 80s. Yeah. And then how many of those guys wind up in the Hall of Fame yeah. and Circles of Honor yeah, and all that stuff? Yeah, a lot yeah. of them, yeah. Um, okay, so then do you, do, you, do you call Rob when he does bad on TV? No, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, nah, not at all. I mean, they, they, these, uh, you know, those guys, they work at it hard. I tell you what, what's interesting uh, is Darren, uh, even Michael, when they'll call from time to time when they're trying to create some ideas and some thoughts. And uh, Darren just called me a couple weeks ago, and he's like, hey, man, I got to compare, you know, Zeke and, uh, and uh, Amari Cooper and Dak to the, the Cowboys of the, the, the 90s, the yeah. triplets. He said, yeah. I mean, how can I? I said, listen, just go back to the 90s music, the music we listen to, Whoop Daddy. There and then it is. Take each one of those songs and apply that to one of the players. And then, because that kind of, everybody remembers the 90s Cowboys, remember yes. those songs. Whoop, there it is, the uh, Tootsie Roll, yeah. and then, uh, you know, I Want to Be a Cowboy. You know, those were the songs <laughs> that played in our pregame warm-up. And I said, just attach it. And he said the problem was that when he, when he tried to do it with ESPN, they, they didn't they, want to pay for the music. They didn't want to pay for the music. He <laughs> said they had to go get the rights to the music, so he said it was a great idea, but he couldn't use it. So uh, yeah. that's a good idea. That is a good idea. Yeah. That's a, that's a that's a real good thing you could do production. Well, that's he smart. didn't say they didn't want to pay for it. He said that they had to gain the rights to don't, the music. Don't worry, yeah. I'm not going to tell on you. They didn't yeah, want to yeah. pay for it. They didn't want to pay for it. I'm not going to tell. Maybe what happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So one last kind of like real football question. You were there during a major coaching change. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy Johnson. Uh, Jerry Jones then moves on. Oh man, I'm uh, Campo. Am I blanking on the name? Is that right? Uh, Barry Switzer came. Switzer in. and yeah. then Campo. That's no, right. No, no, actually Switzer. Then it was um, Changeli. Then Campo. I forgot about Changeli yeah, completely. Changeli came in for oh about three man. years. Yeah, that is. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. So what was that like going to Switzer? Because Switzer was coming from from Oklahoma, right? Yeah. Well, Switzer was, was pretty much retired. You know, so it wasn't a big. I mean, I knew Coach Switzer because he recruited me heavily out of uh, uh, out of Orange, Texas, to. Uh, 
to uh, you want to give him a shout out? Go ahead, do yeah, it. Yeah, we West Lawrence Stark wins again. You know, we're the most <laughs> winningest program in the state of Texas. I, believe it or not, I don't tell the listener. Eighty-two percent. He came in whooping, like just whooping, yeah. and just talking about. It. He said, "Guys, we, we're un, we're unbeatable." And I was like, what "Well, they've lost a few games this year, but overall, you know, West Lawrence is one of the top programs in the in the state. There you go. You know, over the years, yeah, over thirty. Up. 40-year uh, school history, yeah. Really? 1978, yeah. See, I came from Spring High, and we don't win it like that. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Spring's pretty we, good. We now. were all right. We, uh, Karis yeah. had a pretty good run. Okay. Uh, yeah. But uh, that was that was about it for us. So the changeover to Switzer. Well, well, he was – I knew Switzer. He, he came in. The coaching staff was still intact. So uh, Campo was there. Joe Abizano, who was the key guy, our special team guy. Uh, the strength coach was there, Mike Warsick. Uh, Butch Davis was still there. I mean, so all the guys that were – that was part of Jimmy's staff. Uh, I think they brought in maybe one or two guys. I mean, I think Hudson Hawk came in, the offensive line coach. But Jimmy, I mean, Barry didn't do anything. I mean, I didn't say he didn't do anything. He didn't. <laughs> when I say he headlines, didn't do anything, headlines, he no, didn't do kidding. anything to, to rock the boat. <laughs> right. So he just came in. And, you know, as a head coach, you got to be that PR guy. And, and Barry's one of the best PR guys. No, in the he world. was smooth. He was yeah. real smooth. Because so, that was a yeah. that was Dicey taking a Super that. Bowl winner mm-hmm. and replacing him so quickly. Right. Now, let me ask you this, because you kind of yeah. mentioned the, the the staff there. Is that really more of a relevant thing for you as a position player? Because your meetings, you don't. I mean, how much does the head coach sit in on a corners meeting? Uh, it, it, the only time you know Jimmy would sit in on our special team meetings. You know, he was more involved than most coaches I've been involved with. But I mean, unless you know, if you if you were doing everything right and everything was going well, you didn't have you, to worry about the big dog. That's that's the probably the right room. way to do that, right? Yeah, I mean, so J- Barry didn't. I mean, he he really allowed the coaches to coach. Chan Gailey was more of an offensive coach, so he spent a lot of time and he kind of didn't really mess with the defense. And sometimes when you have a coach that, you know, he's focused so much on the offense that he doesn't focus on the whole team concept. And you, you make decisions good and bad based no, on – No, that's fair. Know, I think it's absolutely fair. Yeah, and then Campo was my last year there, and I didn't really get to play under Campo as a head coach. But, of course, Campo was my defensive back coach and coordinator right, right. all those years. And uh, at that time, Troy was done. So they was trying to replace him with uh, Quincy Carter. So it was kind of unfair oh to Campo because he didn't have a – you know, he didn't have a solid. Those were some up down years. Yeah, those were some I mean, up down years. But each coach is, you know, each coach is different. You know, right. and, and and each team is different, and and, and it relies on you know what kind of uh, uh, veteran leadership you have. I mean, if your veteran leadership is old, yeah, you know, then you know, it, it, and a lot of people don't understand the Cowboys are turning a new leaf uh, from the Romo era and the Dez era. No, I agree with that completely. Yeah. I really and they, do. And they've gotten younger. I I think that's a big that reason for all the changes they've exactly. gone through. Is they're going yeah. And this may not be the year from them. And no, they, I don't they, think it is. But two or three years down the line, they got plenty of cap space. They, I think they're going to sign Dak at a friendly team friendly deal. I, I think so. I was yeah. I was making the joke and it might be a little unfair cuz as a as a cowboy yourself, I was like, how yeah. does Troy Aikman call a Dak Prescott game? Like, you know, he's got to well, be thinking like, I could do that. Like, well, well, I don't know. I think <laughs> I think Troy, I mean, a lot of people kind of uh, knock Troy. I think he does a great no, job. No, Troy was Troy yeah. was great, but like yeah. watching Dak play and now he's oh. got to talk He's got to kind of sing praises now of Dak because they're selling TV. That's what right. announcers Well, I mean, do. I think Dak is playing well. I think they, they're allowing him to be. He's still. Not, I don't think he's going to ever be a Tom Brady. No, yeah. A Drew Brees. What do you? Who would you? As favorable as you want to be, who would you kind of give him a comparison to? I think at, at best he can be a Donovan McNabb. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that about, I, I mean, think he'd kill for that career. I mean, just just the fact that he's not. Going to be the traditional stick in the pocket. No, you know you got to let him move. You got to let him run. And he's built well yeah. to be a mobile guy. Right. His best throws. I mean, his best throws yesterday was back leg, back. I mean, running sideways, right. going sideways. And his best plays were on Flipping. his feet too. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, agree with that's that. what you're going to get out of him. You're not going to get Drew Brees in the box pocket. Uh, so do you think that they should maybe Tom do more Brady. of the RPO stuff and things to. like that? That's what they're doing. They're know? doing a lot of it right yeah, now, and I think that that's the change that they needed to make. Right. Um. 
because I think even in college he was he was definitely more yeah. of a dual threat than he was just and, a, a traditional. And Mississippi State when they won the game, they won gritty games, and he was all they over did. the field. I love yeah. I love seeing him at Mississippi yeah. State because mm-hmm. there was that hero ball almost right. like he yeah, was so they, they were the underdog. I mean, they Mississippi were State pretty much. They played Alabama underdog. They were know? they were Auburn underdog. Yes, but he did he had a he had a really great college career. So when they got him, I was like, okay, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. I was curious. Remember Tim Tebow, built very right. similar, but they immediately scouts were like, well, he'd be a better tight end and quarterback right. kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not fair to compare the throwing motions, but right. it is sort of and the I same. I think that was a big yeah, I think it was a big, big deal. Yeah. Right. What do you think of that, the fact that he, Tim Tebow, then comfortably now is like, oh, I'll just play baseball then. Do you think he should have just said I'll be a tight end and just no, – I don't know. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know Tim Tebow, but I'm, I'm, he's a winner. I do know that much, yeah. you know. Uh, he's a guy that, that uh, has a great personality, you know, because SEC Network loves him. Um, from my understanding, the organization, uh, baseball organization he's with, loves him. Uh, and every time he's on, he's a positive guy. I mean, he really there's is. There's nothing negative you, you can ever say s- about I him. I see him on first take, and he's giving yeah. Stephen A. Smith compliments. Yeah. That's a hard thing to do. <laughs> yes, yeah. But, um, I mean, so, you know, you, it's nothing real negative you can say about Tim Tebow as a quarterback, though. I don't think, right. uh, you know, with the throwing motion, just, just uh, accuracy. He was never going to be the quarterback. That no, was. and I agree with yeah. that. I just thought it was kind of interesting that he said instead of moving to tight end and staying in football, that he was right. like, I'll just do a whole other sport. Right. <laughs> and, 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 and in his mind, he was a quarterback in mind. And, and at tight end, he may have, you know, went through a couple more training camps, been on the practice squad, you know. You Nothing know. he would have I mean, enjoyed, do, though. I mean, he could do more on the SEC network than he's That's been true. doing out there on That's the true. practice squad. And yeah. it is intriguing that basically ESPN's basically given the open offer where, like, right. whatever you're I mean, done, come I mean, back. He could have a 30-year career with oh. ESPN. Oh, he had never sure. played 30 years playing tight end. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. Well, Kevin, I want to get you, let you get to your money and all that. Okay. You have a good day, man. Thank you for coming on okay. here on Ball Control with us. Okay. Uh, man, I appreciate it, man. Like, it's cool. So how did your career when you when you were done? How do you how do you want people to to mention you and talk about you? I don't know, man. I, uh, I you know I played the game hard. I mean, I, I uh, good thing about it was I played high school ball here in Texas, um, played college ball here in Texas, uh, pro ball. So I was always a Texan, you know, and it's to my heart. And uh, you, you, you call know, him Bob McNair then? Uh, Bob McNair? Is he looking for a job? No, no, no. DB no, coach? Not back behind. <laughs> Texas are okay. They, they should be okay. They're right? having a good year this year. Yeah, they okay. they turned it that. around. Yeah, but I mean, ultimately, I'm a, I'm a Texan at heart. You know, I'm an Aggie at heart. And I'm a Cowboy at heart. And, uh, you know, I love my hometown. So uh, I just, I'm just a Texan. That's what you're going to remember me as. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Three Super Bowl time champion, yeah. Kevin Smith. State championships. Yeah, Listen man. to you. Sing it all. What else you got? You got an MVP somewhore? No MVP. Okay. High school, uh, high school, Texas Hall, Hall of Fame. Yeah. Where's that at? Is that that's is in Waco? Is it? Yeah. Okay. All right. So see, there's something else that. to see in Waco. Yeah, then. I need to get in the College Hall of Fame, then I'd be pretty, pretty happy. Who do you want me to call? I'll, I'll make some phone you make calls. Make some calls. Man. I'll make some calls. Yeah, I don't man. Know, we'll I rattle don't know some exactly cages. Where it is, but I mean, I we gotta. It's somewhere on the East Coast. So is it? We gotta figure. All right, it out. we'll figure. Yeah. It. I think it's Pennsylvania somewhere. You stay with Rich, and I'll get back in touch. I'll let you know who I've tracked down. Yeah, yeah. Nominate me in there. We'll write you in, man. Okay. All right, Kevin. Thank you very much, man. You have a good one. Okay. All right, so that was the interview there. What did you think of that, Nico? It was pretty good. It was exciting. Just good to see. Yeah, we had a good time out there. Texan at heart. Texan at heart, that's true. Uh, we had a really good time with Kevin Smith, and obviously shout-out to RNA Sports. We're going to jump out to a break, and when we come back, we got another interview with Haywood Jeffries, and then we got more ball control coming at you. Ball control. Speaking of ball control, hey, this is Kevin Smith. I want to say what's up to ball control, and I'm happy to be in Conroe, Texas today. Ball control. 
Welcome back to some more Ball Control. This is Corey DLG, and with me as always is little brother Nico. Hey, hey. I pointed to you for no reason because I was like in the middle of the sentence when I pointed. Got him. Right. <laughs> and here's your cue. Don't speak. Shut your mouth. Let me talk. <laughs> um, anyway, we're on 104.5, 106.1. We are streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. What's the social medias? Uh, Ball Control Podcast, Facebook, Twitter. Okay, there you go. Check those out. And we're going to jump out to an interview right here with Haywood Jeffries of Houston Oiler fame from the running running gun era with Warren Moon. The run and shoot, run and shoot, run and gun. I've confused myself now. Anyway, we're going to jump out and talk to Haywood. When we come back, we got a little bit more ball control for you. And then we got one more segment of the greatest sports show in the history of Conroe, ball control. How are you today, man? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Just keep it running. We're going to jump in here and okay. we'll play with it here. Okay. Um, so I got to tell you, man. Right. All right, here's the thing. Now, my mom was a diehard Oilers fan. Yes, sir. So I knew who you were when I was like four, which didn't make my dad happy because I knew more. I knew more Houston Oilers than I wasn't. I wasn't even whose dad? No, no. Haywood Jeffries, Warren Moon, right. the Running Gun, uh, the old ball coach. Man, I'm blanking on his name now. Bud Adams. Man, like <laughs> I knew all you guys. Like, you guys were like y'all were y'all were like pivotal. We went and visited y'all when y'all went to the playoffs. When right. y'all came back from Buffalo, <laughs> I was the one kid with his mom in the waiting area. That was right. it. Was me. That was it. That was it, uh, it be, because I was I, man. My mom dragged me to every Houston Oilers thing growing up. Well, the Buffalo game was obviously uh, a downfall for you know. I, she was like, "We're gonna go cheer him up. We're gonna go say hi to him on the airport." And I was like, <laughs> "Really?" I think I was like five, and I was like, "I don't think they want to see us today." And she was we, like, we "We're really, gonna be there." We really did. <laughs> Comes on the airplane. <laughs> it was kind of funny on the ride coming back home. They said, "Do not open up nothing. Do not." Have a beer, alcohol. They're mad at you. They mad. Then, as soon as they got through saying that, we all uh, <laughs> we all opened up the can of, you know. Yeah, uh, you had to. We you had to do you something. Had to. Yeah. That yeah. was uh. So Nico, young Nico, doesn't know sports. It's fun. Oh, it's okay. part of the dynamic of the show. Is I'm always he's always like I don't know what that is, and I'm always <laughs> teaching him stuff. Right, right. So the Houston Oilers, thirty-four to seven, twenty. Whatever it was, they were in Buffalo in the playoffs, and they're up big. And yeah, Buffalo was 41-38. That's how it finished, 41-38. Buffalo wound up winning the game. It was one of the largest comebacks in playoff history against uh, against Houston, us. us. Yes. We were, we were up so big. We were at a party. My mom's like, we're going to be in the Super Bowl. Chips and queso <laughs> flowing. But it's not the end of the world. The Houston Oilers are still one of the best teams. We loved them all the way up until they left for Nashville. But you weren't a part of that, so we don't even have to, we don't have to get mad at you for that. No, um, but so the running gun offense, what was that like as a receiver? How exciting was that when they're just like, we're going to just throw and run, we're just going to be aggressive? Well, you just had one of the more, more prolific passers it was in Warren Moon. And, of course, they had great wide receivers. And, you know, with Ernest Givens, Curtis Duncan, Drew Hill, and, you know, and myself. Yeah, well, you can put yourself in there. Don't okay, worry about well, it. And then we had a great running back <laughs> in Lorenzo White, you know, Mike Rozier, Alan Pinkett. We had a – collective just a great you know great players around and not not just to say that the offensive line was just unbelievable you know bruce matthews yeah you no know, mike munchak he was uh, those guys were legends here man yeah. wow yeah i mean just i mean well and you you were too i'm not, not to sort sell but bruce matthews you think about like there's not a lot of offensive linemen that cities like worship and Bruce Matthews for a long time. Well, the Matthews family, they're still making NFL players. It's, it's unbelievable. It is, right? Yeah, well, you, when I first saw Mike Munchak, I, he was so tight <laughs> and so <laughs> bally. <laughs> and we was like, 
can he move? And when he got on the field, I'm like, the guy said they never seen nothing blocked like him. Right. These guys were like, they're some of the bigger offensive linemen of that time, but then they were almost running like an, not quite an option offense. That's not what it was. But right. it, but they were blocking like it was, where they're, they're pulling and they're running out there, and these guys are aggressive. Like, they're aggressively finding second and third level guys to block, and they're huge. Oh, yeah. You, just, you know, people don't even remember the – even when Dean Stein, cooler, mm-hmm. if you remember him the way Nebraska was when he was playing, you know, Dean started having the injuries. But Dean was also magnificent. And then you know, David Wims came along, and he was just an awesome right tackle. Then, you know, Bruce Davis of the Raiders came in and uh, solidified things, you know, once we lost Dean Stein, cooler. And then you had Jay Pennison, you know, uh, running the center. Uh, and then we had a lot of great backups, you know, uh, to fill in of course you know bruce was everything he was he, he, he was the, like the legend man like everyone talked about bruce matthews in houston you, you yeah. i never i i can't think of another parallel now granted i grew up here yeah but i can't think of another parallel where another city like headlines about the offensive lineman like where they talked about you know what i mean like they talked about bruce matthews like he was a quarterback yeah yeah um but i think that was just kind of that houston he kind of embodied what we wanted out of people so madden is a big deal now to the modern nfl athlete you were like the first controversy in video game sports. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the, uh, what, they, what they call it? The Tecmo the Bowl. The Tecmo Bowl. <laughs> yeah. They got his name wrong in the game, man. They spelled his name wrong. Well, that just didn't happen on, uh, by incident my whole life. That's they, true. That's true. So they spelled it wrong during my high school days. Because, because it's Jeffries, pronounced Jeffries, but it's spelled with the I in front of the R. And so people... Yeah. People and then they say, well, did your mama spell your name right? I said, my mom had 16 kids. Would you want to ask her <laughs> if she spelled it right? They said, no. No. Spell it any kind of way she wants to That's spell right. it. That's the last conversation <laughs> she wants to have is your name. Yes, yes, sir. <laughs> I don't think it would go over now. So how did you handle it then? Did you track a guy down? Were you calling up Japan? What were you doing? Oh, man. It'd be funny. Because my dad would be like, Everybody keeps calling your name wrong on television. <laughs> and he said, I need to go and see that network. I said, no, Dad, don't get mad. So he came to practice. You know, uh, when we played in Houston, he would come to the practice. He was going to go to the game that following weekend. And they would do it wrong. And they would spell it. They were like, do you know you're wearing a name tag that's R-I-E-S? I said, that's practice, Dad. I promise you they'll get it right in the game. I'd be doggone. No. They spelt the wrong in the game. My dad came in the locker room. I said, Dad, don't come in the locker room unless we win. <laughs> so uh, we won. And I was like, thank God. Because, you know, when you lose, you nobody, don't, nobody <laughs> wants to hear about this jersey on the so losing day. And, and it turned out to be a good thing. And they said, we'll never do that again, Mr. Jeffries. <laughs> practice and the game. Come on, man. Practice. Practice. We're talking about practice. 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 <laughs> but a game? No, that's got to be frustrating, but it's happened before. I'm trying to think. Roethlisberger had one where they got it. I think they didn't even get the second half of the name on there one time yeah. for him. So yeah, it happens that. to all kinds. But it it's got to be. It's got to be one of those things that like you just your whole career. You're like, guys, come on. Well, I I thought about suing the league, uh, <laughs> but then they say you can't sue the NFL. I'm like, huh? Well, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> But they wouldn't let me tell them. They said, <laughs> they said you're not allowed? You're not allowed. Hey, Wood, you can't do it. You can't you're not do allowed. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's nice to make rules like that, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah, it is. Where's but that rule for us? I don't know. Who do we got to see about getting That's that kind of. 
because you know you can sue people for uh, everything. Everything nowadays. But you cannot sue the NFL. Must be nice. It must be. That's a nice little tidbit to get out of this. We're stuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try to sue the NFL and see what happens. <laughs> so I, I I did some research on you because I was curious what happened kind of after the fact. I know you went to the Saints for a year. Yeah. Um, is that when you changed your number? Yeah, I changed it. Um, who had your? Who wouldn't give you up their number? Well, you know, Webster Sl- Slaughter came in. You know, after Drew Hill, you know, he cried. He's so competitive. I said, "Either you're gonna pay me, or we're gonna have to play one-on-one basketball or something for it." And you were just like, "Ah." Yeah, so, but I, I broke down because Curtis Duncan eventually left, and uh, that's that's the reason why I really changed it. You know, Webster was complaining he wanted to be 84. So what? I didn't mind. He <laughs> wants mind. to play you one-on-one. What is that? Basketball. He Come was so on. competitive. He wanted to run track. He wanted to play Ching Wei, you know, the games with your hands. <laughs> Look, I don't really talk Italian, but I learned to, <laughs> to count in Italian at least from 1 to 10. So it was a big game. Ching Wei was huge while we were playing. Is, that, is that a locker room game? Is it's a locker room okay. game. Okay. All right. It, it okay. was a lot of fun. Wester came in there with all kind of games. So, so is that so is that what's the culture like in a locker room where because like the Oilers of that era were very successful New Orleans I think they had some struggles that year, yeah. Um, but so what's the locker room like where like it's just a bunch of guys a bunch of athletes right? <laughs> yeah, it's a bunch of athletes. But when you have a guy like Mike Rozier, he changes all the rules. <laughs> so to have somebody like Mike Rozier and and then just to have you know the other guys Bruce Matthews, you know of course. You know, Warren wasn't really part of that group. Warren couldn't deal with some of the stuff we were dealing with in the locker room. Warren would be like, he's business. Your guys do that. Now, was that there. quarterbacks in general? Did you, was that the case in New Orleans, too? Or was I, I, that, was that no, just Warren? I, no, it was never a locker room like the Oilers. Really? Everybody was kind of fascinated with us, even when other players came in to visit or to play. So what is it, like 50 of you guys were just all bros? Yeah, it was, man, it was – Team unity. Like we were, we were for each other. You would have loved that. See, that's yeah. that's nice. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean. why my mom was a fan. There it is, right there. Oh yeah, we had the Derek <laughs> Dolls and uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they would always squeeze your cheeks. <laughs> like, you know how the mamas are. That's right. Know, that's so. exactly right. That's the, funny, man. I like yeah, that. The Derek Dolls. So I saw you try to get into coaching. Yeah. What? Uh, you still pursuing that? What do you do? Oh no. Um, it was just some, you know, I was coaching my son early okay. in his career, uh, you know, like Little League and all that type of stuff. And then some things came along the way. I said, you know, maybe I want to do this college, high school, right. or, or even the pros. But I knew right then and there when I started coaching them guys as they got older. They don't want to hear it, huh? Uh-uh. That's and, so and, weird, and I said man. that was okay because that's not my demeanor. I want to have fun. Right. And, and – uh, but they could learn a lot from. I mean, you were in a you were in one of the first kind of up tempo, high paced offenses. I mean, the West yeah. Coast was a little before you guys, but then the run and gun really kind of shifted the gears to a, an unconventional. Like you're like the prototype. That offense was like the prototype that eventually turns into the Chip Kelly and the running. And yeah. you know, you guys up tempo, a lot of fast, a lot of like the, they call them sugar huddles now, stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah. Like you guys did a lot of that, right? Yeah, we uh, we invented all the. You know, you see the guys up there, quarterbacks throwing behind the receivers. Right. That was us. And then they stole all of that. They did. They really and, did. And we should get that patented, and they should pay us for that. That's why they won't let you sue the league. That's You're dangerous. Really dangerous. 
hey, a copycat league. They that's took, that's they, exactly they what put it is. Four and wide receivers out there. If they mm-hmm. can put the quarterback out there, they'll put him out there. They ain't even got him in the past. Now game. they got the running back taking the snaps now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but yeah, it was a lot of fun and um, exciting, and especially when we went to Kansas City. You know, not just yeah. Kansas City, but just you know when Warren in three quarters had five hundred and something yards and God was and a Coach monster. Coach Wright said, "Hey, that's enough." And I, but that day he would have probably went for seven hundred. You almost wonder, right? Like maybe they should have left him out, but you can't do that. No, you can't. You, you know, did it bench Kobe after eighty-one. You, you got to give the other team a chance. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, got, you, you got to. You didn't want to leave that last. Uh, Impression in yeah, because we had to pay KC every year. So that's true. That's true. So you don't want to come back next year going. We remember seven hundred. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, well, thank you very much for coming on with us today, man. Okay. This has been Corey DLG and little brother Nico of Ball Control. I love your hat, man. You know what? <laughs> you could have been in our locker room, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Nico just got the invitation to time travel. I'm, 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 I'm angry. All right, you guys have a good one. Okay, you too, Nico. All right. All right, welcome back, bug guys. Thanks for listening. What was that? I, I was gonna say something else there, but I decided against it. <laughs> bug guy, bug guy, Anyway, welcome back, guys. This is Corey DLG. Totally sane. Yeah, no, absolutely. And a uh, big shout out to RNA Sports for having us having us there on Black Friday. It was so cool to meet them. It was. It was. It was it's a lot. Of, it's neat. Look, this is the first time I met NFL players. <laughs> that's true. Oh, it is, isn't right, it? Yeah, that's that's, a- that's real neat. So like. Because of the stuff we do with Nerd Thug and all that, we get to go places and meet people. So we have a lot of fun with it. But I didn't realize that was your first time. Yeah. That's cool. Well, big shout out to Rich. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Uh, anyway. Also, uh, official, I could join the 1994 Oilers. Yeah, that really makes me mad. It really bothers <laughs> me that he was just like, yeah, jump on in, man. No big deal. Also, he definitely remembered my name and not yours. I don't want to talk about this. Listen, you don't have any more friends than me, okay? You're not special. This no, but he would Jeffries think so. I hate that. <laughs> I, like, I nail these interviews, and then he turns around, and he's like, Nico, you're the best. Right, yeah. I'll see you later, Nico. I hate you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Has he been texting you? Hey. Hey, it's Haywood. <laughs> Seeing what you're up to. <laughs> Shout out, bro. Shout out. Anyway, uh, when we come back, we got uh, we got one more segment of ball control coming at you. This is this is ball control on 104.5, 106.1. Sister Station Ball Control. Ball Control. Welcome back to Ball Control with Corey DLG and little brother Nico. Hey, guys. Uh, all right, we got one more segment left because it's been a great day, and I hope everyone enjoyed their Thursday. Uh, but before we get out of here, we got to do kind of like an NBA wrap-up. There's been some mo- some news. Some news moves. Some news moves. Moves news. Moves news. Moves news. Moves news. Right. Yeah. It's, like, uh, <laughs> it's like that off-color dog that we don't talk about. Um. Hmm. Anyway, the one with hints, <laughs> the very helpful canine. Uh, so good news if you're Kyle Corver, the Cleveland Cavaliers have finally traded you. Hooray! You are no longer on the worst team in the NBA. Hooray! Bad news, you're in Utah. Oh. Although Kyle Corver's a white dude, so like it's gonna work out okay for him. It won't be so bad for him. Um, good for him. There's a lot of players who don't sign with Utah, and there's a lot of players who leave Utah when their contracts are up. <laughs> it's like, and I'm done, I'll see you never. <laughs> right, because it's, it's, it's the one place where it sticks out a little bit that they have an NBA team, but their owners, their ownership family has like, been dedicated forever. 
also dry state. Dry state. That's another weird thing, right? <laughs> so, but uh, their ownership was, is a, is a Mormon family, and so for a long time he recently passed away a couple of years back. But the owner of the family, uh, the the owner, the owner of, the, of the family, this is his family. Yeah, the well, it is. It was his family. Yeah, but the owner of the team, he was also a Mormon, and he took very seriously like the do not work on Sunday, and he took that to mean that even if the Jazz were playing, he wouldn't watch or entertain the game. Oh wow! So he wouldn't even come to the stadium on Sundays. Yeah, because you're supposed to do nothing. Right. And that's so, when basketball is your job, it's hard to not work on right, Sunday. When you own an NBA team, you're one of 30 guys in the world. And he's eh. like, he's like, no, I'm not coming in. Mm. I'm not coming in on Sundays. Um, that's kind of cool. Uh, so Kyle Korver, he's 37 years old. He's got a partially guaranteed year next year. No matter what, he's got like, I think about $4 million coming to him next year. And if he's on the roster July, I think uh, July, somewhere between July 1st and 10th, then he gets the total of his contract, which is like eight mil. That's good. His numbers aren't bad. Um, He's also almost 40, so. 37. Anyway, he was worth two second-round draft picks because Cleveland just wants pick. That's all they want is picks. That's it. They just want they want draft picks. They want the opportunity to go as young as possible, as quick as possible. They're going to. Which is a sound strategy. It is NBA. for them because they're not going to win. Right. They're not going to win. Although the Kevin Love thing now just strikes me as nonsense. I don't understand why he has four years and. 120, whatever it is, because they're also looking to move J.R. Smith. And once they move, and they gave George Hill, I don't know. They're kind of a confusing team. <laughs> they um, really don't make a whole lot of they sense. They really don't. Like, I don't I, I don't know. You don't sign two guys to extensions that are kind of in, like, prime playing time of their career and then unload veterans and then say you're going young. Like, it just, it's It doesn't make a lot of, it's like a lot of conflict. The, the a lot of conflict. Yeah, it's moving in a lot of different directions at the same time. The franchise isn't flowing in one direction, but that's why they're losing. That's why they're losers. That's why they're at the bottom of the league. LeBron left, and that's that that franchise. Oh no, we lost the player in the game of basketball. Well, they tried to act like they were going to stay a competitive team without him. Like they basically were like, well, we're going to make our decisions regardless of what he decides, and that's why they gave Kevin Love and George Hill contracts. But the reality is, you can't do that. You've got to. That's such a void to have in your team, right? Also, it it's such an opportunity for you to because Kevin Love was also a free agent. You just just do nothing. You right. do nothing. If LeBron leaves, Kevin Love leaves, George Hill leaves, you trade uh, you trade J.R. Smith, you trade Kyle Corbin. Right. You trade your good you, the rest of your good people yeah. for picks, and yeah. then you let everyone else leave. Then you've freed up so much space on your roster. And then on top of that, you're just not carrying because uh, their payroll is still in the top 15 in the league. And right, because they've signed these people to massive extensions. <laughs> and they're not good players. They're not. This so is a um, true tragedy. So Kawhi Leonard, the quiet superstar, the ninja, um, I feel like calling him. He's like he doesn't he doesn't do media. He just doesn't talk to the media. He's not really a big personality. Ghost man. Go a little bit. Anyway, he's the one who left San Antonio. Now he's in Toronto, and he is probably a top three player in the league, though. I think it's legitimate, and he's reminding people that he's playing great in Toronto. He's having an amazing year. He just signed a brand new shoe deal. Guess which company? I don't know Reebok. No, that makes too much sense. I don't know. New Balance. Nice. New Balance. Uh, <laughs> the shoe brand of elders and joggers. Like, I'm not sure. Does he get some shape-ups? <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. This is a weird one to me. I'm sure it was the most money. Or I'm sure it was some. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're like, here, here's a billion dollars. And he's like, man, I'll, I'll, I'll sign for New Balance. For right, because, like, Under Armour uh, like has Under been. Under Armour, Nike. Well, I was going to say, Under Armour's been giving a couple guys some money here lately. Steph Curry, uh, and I think 
I think uh, the Phil- the guy from Philadelphia are both Under Armour, um, and they're they're large contracts. Um, so you, you kind of feel like okay, well, Under Armour's trying to build a little bit of a brand, which means Reebok. Reebok has James Harden. You feel like they might try to respond with a couple guys. Adidas. Uh, Adidas. Adidas. Actually, I think uh, I think I think James Harden is Adidas. Now that I said that out loud. No, he is. I think it's Adidas, isn't it? Yeah. Because they moved from soccer over to James Harden because he's sort of like a European style player, but. They should have a couple more guys to their roster, and Kawhi Leonard kind of fits. He's playing in Toronto right now, and it's working out great. And Toronto's like Europe North to us. <laughs> Europe North. Um, New Balance though. That's New okay. Balance. Is it? I don't know. I think. Like how many people are on New Balance? Maybe not, not. It's not. It's and, not and a it's large a NBA brand. It's just not. And also on a on a player that is good. He's really good. He's but, really good, but he doesn't have a social media presence. That's the thing. Is it's kind of a weird fit. Uh, Nico, much how much like time we got? Much like New Balance. Yeah, exactly. No, it's a per- New Balance is always a perfect fit, though. <laughs> right? Like, they are always comfy. Comfy shoes. Comfy shoes. Odd fit for sports endorsement. Right. Yeah, that's, I think, yeah. We got a whole four minutes. We got four year. minutes. Uh, The Rockets, man. The Rockets. They dropped all the way back down to, what did I say, 14th? 14th. In, 14th in the West. Woo! Uh, James Harden is doing everything he can. Uh, he had fifty something the other night, and last that's night, a lot. last night he had a triple double. That's pretty good. That's that's double figures and three good stats. So points, rebounds, assists, blocks, steals. One of those positive stats he had in three of those stats he had double digits, and we still lost both those games. That that goes to show you that uh, players, you know, if you're not LeBron James, you can't carry an entire team. Well, and, <laughs> and even when LeBron was carrying a whole team, right? Like, even, let's, like he let's, didn't win. Let's clear some stuff up real quick. Like Westbrook, when he won MVP for averaging a triple double, Oklahoma City was like the fifth seed, so they weren't one of the best teams in the West, and they got bounced out after the first round. Um, there's not a lot of people who are great enough to hero ball into great success. For long periods of time. Right. And James Harden is probably one of those guys who can. But the way this team is constructed, they're not stopping anyone. So it's a waste of his 50-some-odd points. It's a waste of his triple-double when we turn around and let the team score more. Right. It doesn't, like, like you, you, you stressed defense because you're like, we don't have the ability to just outscore everyone. No, we don't. And that's the thing is, beyond him, okay, I'm going to name some names. It's going to sound like we have a lot of people. We don't, though. Beyond him, Chris Paul, uh, Eric Gordon, and Capella are probably the other guys who are going to put up double-digit scores. Everyone other than that is going to get like two to four baskets a night. And what we've got to be doing is limiting the opportunities for the opposing team because we only have a couple guys who are going to ring it up. We only have a couple guys who are going to go over 20 consistently. And... When one of those guys doesn't doesn't go over twenty, and I'm not, I didn't even look at the stat sheet from last night to tell you which one of them it was. I'm gonna guess, I'm gonna guess it was Capella because I think he's the weakest link. But it doesn't really matter because we we're losing, we're losing consistently right. now to teams that we. The other problem is it's we got twenty, we got sixty two games left. Okay, that's kind of a lot. It's it's a lot. The problem is there are already teams that are doing better than us that we didn't think would. The Clippers are all of a sudden good. The Denver Nuggets are all of a sudden good. So forget about your Memphis Grizzlies, who we said would be okay. Forget about Golden State Warrior. Forget about San Antonio. Forget about Dallas, who we said would probably kind of sneak their way in. 
all of a sudden you're talking about you're 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 talking about guys who are in your spot. You're talking about Denver and the Clippers are number one in the West right now. You're talking about the Denver Nuggets being the third seed. Um, the Trailblazers, the Lakers, and then the Dallas Mavericks are bringing up the eighth seed. Meanwhile, we're all we're all okay. Here's the thing: we're in the very back, right? We're only better than Phoenix, and Phoenix is terrible. <laughs> but San Antonio's not in the playoffs yet. New Orleans isn't in the playoffs yet. And Utah, who last year was a was a good playoff team, they're not in the playoffs yet either. And all three of them are better than us. Huh. So, what are we supposed to do here? If we're the fourth best team not in the playoffs. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, I, do I think Denver and the Clippers are going to finish one and three in the in the West? No. Do I think they'll finish between four and eight? Yeah, if they if they're already off to a thirteen and six and a fourteen and seven start, if they're gonna win, if they're gonna win sixty percent of their games, they're gonna be ahead of us because right. we're. I don't I don't know that we're gonna do that now. Um, tr- six, again, sixty two games is a long time. However, it is a long time, but these guys are already on the other side of the standings from us. They're already four games. Okay. We are a full four and a half behind both the Clippers and the Nuggets. That's insane. Um, we're already three games behind Memphis. We're already three three games behind Portland. We're two games behind L.A. We're a game and a half out of the playoffs already. That's crazy. Um, do I think we can very easily win two while they all lose? Yeah, because there's 62 games. But if, if those teams are going to continue to surprise us and stay in the top eight or stay near the top eight or stay in the distance of the top eight, if they're going to stay in puncher's range of top eight, and San Antonio, New Orleans, and Utah, all playoff teams from last year, San Antonio wasn't, but they should have been. Then us, that's right. we're talking about 12 teams now. Eight teams go, and we're talking about 12 teams. Right. And all of a sudden, we've made this a real big issue. <laughs> right. So, now, Grant, okay, let's say the Clippers and the, let's say the, Clippers and the Nuggets fall out completely. Only two of the four of us. There's only room for two of the four. Right. So where do you go? We got to start winning games. We have to start winning games. It's always too soon to panic in the NBA, but it is time to start acknowledging that these games matter. It's 62 games left. You're looking around and you're right. going, we're 9-11. and 11. That's uh, a bad number. <laughs> yeah. So the Carmelo thing fixed the chemistry for about a week. Everyone felt good about themselves again. But now we're losing. What happened, guys? And I'm going right back to my prediction. Remember, I, what did I say? I said six weeks. Two weeks ago, I said six weeks. Right. I'll give him, because of the Carmelo thing, I'll give him three more weeks. So, right before the right before the All-Star game, mid-February. Mid-February, if we're not above... February, it's going down. If we're not above an eight seed, Mike D'Antoni's losing his job. I'm willing to bet that. That's fair. All right, so all that being said, now I'm just getting people fired. Right. Uh, we're going to jump out of here. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been another great edition of Ball Control. Ball Control. That's right. Uh, big shout-out to our sponsor, RNA Sports. Check us out on Facebook.com uh, and, and all that's that. Ball Control Podcast. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you're hearing us on 104.5, 106.1. Uh, we are streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Nerds Like Radio. Nerds Like Radio is the sister station, our home show. Uh, yeah, thanks for stopping by and enjoying another episode of Ball control. Ball control.